Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. God Welcome back it. to the Zero Weakness Podcast. God damn it. Our podcast is sponsored by the lovely people at Establishment Coffee. So if you want 25% off your order and free shipping, head to establishmentcoffee.com.au and use the code 025. Good morning, fam. Hello. Thank Good you morning. so much for doing that intro. <laughs> You're welcome, really? James. Volunteered and everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wish you'd share it with the rest of us. Uh, what have we been up to? Actually, no, no, no. What are we grateful for? CJ. Oh, that's oh, cute. Don't oh. <laughs> <to> me first. <laughs> I have not thought about it. No, your answer's going to be Sydney. Mm. Or church, or church friends, or your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for fifth gear on the motorway. <laughs> Sixth. Whoa. Sixth. Oh, yeah, relax, yeah. man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, what, um, okay, yeah, I'm grateful for the ability to play music. Um, when I was a kid... Um, my mom knew that I always loved music. I was always jumping around dancing to music. So she was like, you need to learn an instrument and you won't regret it when you're older. And she, as a typical Asian mom, wanted me to learn piano. But none of the music I listened to had piano in it. <laughs> now I regret it because I love um, a lot of like Coldplay and a lot of, you know. So, but I learned the drums. And since like with the ability to play the drums, it's actually... I didn't. I never thought in my wildest dreams this would happen, but I would get sent like this weekend. I just got asked to play drums in Sydney, so it was like a last minute fly in because they didn't have a drummer for Easter, which is sort of a very big event in the Christian. How did they not have one? They all just go on so, holiday. Well, we've now got three campuses in Sydney, so okay. we've got the main one, one in the Shire, and one in the West. And they didn't have one in the West. So they sent me out to the West. <laughs> yeah. Which was so cool. But yeah, uh, they put me up in Blacktown <laughs> in the heart of the West. Oh, very <laughs> cozy. Very safe. <laughs> um, you would have blended right in. That's what everyone said. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a, like a dangerous area or something? It's oh. kind of the hood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of. Lots yeah, of Filipinos yeah. in Blacktown, so though. So many. Big mm. time. I didn't know that. Mm. You would have loved it, too. They all drive WRXs. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. The, the car scene was nice. But, yeah, so many. Uh, on the Saturday night, I went to, like, a um, a buffet for dinner. And there was, like, I would say maybe 40% were Filipinos. Nice. The rest were, like, other Asians and Islanders. And, yeah, I was like, gosh, it's everyone's brown here. It's Pretty cool. Do you know what's weird though? The Western Sydney Filipinos are different though, eh? They, they all got like the rat's tails. They all wear the TNs. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're different too. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like the local one we got here? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I, yeah, so grateful that, yeah, I can play music. I love it. Nice. Bridget. I am grateful for this job. I was thinking about it over the long weekend. Um, any other job that I've had, if I had have had four days off and had to go back to work, I would have dreaded it. But I'm always so happy coming back in here. So, yeah, I'm grateful for this job. I love it. Well, we're grateful for you. I'm grateful for you guys. Keep keep the engine running. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a good point, Gidge. Yeah. I'll just uh, double down on that. You know when we do the comps and we have to work like seven days straight or tw- two weeks straight or whatever it is? It doesn't fucking, it's, it's not a chore. Like, it feel like it's a work. pain in the fucking ass. <laughs> those long ass Saturdays. I was going to say, what, what comps are you going to? <laughs> Can I go to those ones? <laughs> you know, they're big, but you're just kind of hanging out with your mates all day. So it's good. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm. Um, I am grateful for the cooler weather. 
Mm. I love oh, being. Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> now, now I have to think of something else. <laughs> I love. Uh, I love just being able to chuck, chuck on a jersey and uh, keep warm. Sleeping a little bit easier at nights now too. It's happened mm. in like three days. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It proper. went from like actually hot last week to waking up in yeah. the morning and walking buddy and being like, oh. Or walking mm-hmm. in here and yeah. the aircon's on and being like, why is the aircon on? Yeah, yeah. I brought mm. a hoodie with me today. Well, from now on, we'll, we'll switch the timers off, I reckon. We'll yeah. just turn it on when it's actually mm-hmm. hot because I don't think it's going to be hot anymore. It'll be nice to have the roller door open again. Yeah. yeah. That'll be a bit, good. A bit more yeah. natural light. Daniel mm. Daniel will be happy. Yeah. Daniel's all about <laughs> the natural light. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> what are you grateful for, Tombro? Well, I was grateful for the weather, but now I hate the weather. <laughs> <laughs> By default. <laughs> Uh, now I have to think of another one. I am grateful for... Uh, no, I always do Buddy. Do you? Yeah. I always do Buddy. I am grateful for Buddy. Very grateful for Buddy and his new jumper. Yeah. Looking extra dapper and now he can wear it all the time. Little turtleneck. Um, <laughs> I'm grateful for being able to work online when I have to. Like it's nice to to be able to shoot off places and and still be able to, to do what I need to do from from afar. So I'm really grateful for that. Nice, good one. Mm. All right, uh, well, let's uh, keep the movie quotes going. Do you guys have any movie quotes? Where what? was Gondor when the Westfold fell? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um. from now on we have to ban Bridget from doing Lord of the Rings or Alien or Alien. <laughs> That's what I do every week. Lord of the Rings lines. Meet us, meet us back on the menu, boys. <laughs> I made him watch the two towers. Oh, have you never seen it? <laughs> Hectic. He loved it. We like, we like. He actually broke his no, toe because here because he wasn't looking at the screen when that happened. Oh, I was waiting for it. I didn't. Re- they're fucking such good movies. Did I you thought- like the Ents? Yeah. yeah, the tree tree herders. <laughs> They're cool. I just didn't realize how action packed they were. Mm, yeah, never stops. Mm. Now you have to show mm. them all the stuff, like how they got the Urukai to chant. Mm. So Peter Jackson just went to a cricket game. Yeah, and got everyone to chant. Like he just said what the 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 um the quote was, the chant was, which is just like a made up language, mm. and then got the whole stadium to do it, and they just got a bunch of microphones and recorded it. Mm-hmm. That's sick. Yeah. That well, I yeah. saw that thing about the um. What are they called again? The, what do you call it? Uruk, Uruk yeah, the orcs. Yeah. yeah, the orcs. And um, <clears throat> you know that quote, has, oh, that line says, meat is back on the menu, boys. Yeah, how they wouldn't know there was a such thing as a menu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then how they said, nah, but people will meme it. So yeah. it'll be funny. I yeah. think that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, true. Yeah, I don't know oh, if it's true? accurate because yeah. memes oh. weren't really a yeah, thing back then. Yeah, yeah. so I, I reckon yeah, someone. Right. That was like twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw that the other day, and I'm like, "Whoa!" And then I'm like, "No, yeah. <laughs> no way." <laughs> yeah, we didn't even have social media back then. <laughs> oh, no, but they would know what they would know what a menu was because orcs were once men. Yeah, and how would they know anything if you know? Yeah, if they were just born right then and there, they wouldn't know a thing. Of course, they know what a menu is. James. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a few movie quotes. I'm gonna kick us off. You guys got to try guess uh, what they're from. Oh, you got a f- multiple ones. I got okay, multiple. Well, Bridget okay. kicked us off because she already did one, but that's true. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> uh, CJ's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those ten I, seconds, I don't actually know what that's from. That's a Fast, Fast and, and Furious, Furious, right? Yeah. But right. is it like an original Fast and Furious or one of the? Like six. It's, it's the, the very first one. The very first one. Yeah. one. Oh, CJ, what scene? Um, he's, <laughs> well, 43 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I don't. He's talking to Paul Walker's character and he's showing him his dad's car. 
and he tells him, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> and for those 10 seconds, I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> um, Denzel? Yeah. I was about to say, you just did his laugh kind of too. <laughs> by accident. <laughs> oh, what's it on? Um, ga- Gangster? No. Nah. American Gangster? No. Tom Bro? No, I don't know. Kong Is that the one where he gets shot me. at the end? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's it's it a- called? It's when he walks into the um It's not American gangster. No, no, no. He's a cop, but yep. he's a bad cop. Oh. Yeah. And it's with um Ethan Hawke. Training yeah, Day. Yep. Training Day. day. What oh, Bridget. Such a good movie. Yeah. <coughs> Alright. <Ma>. <laughs> <laughs> Say Bridget. My man. <laughs> My man. <laughs> man. Alright. I love it when like if you look for the gif of that, yeah. it always like dubs it as my man. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not entertained? Gladiator. Gladiator. Yes. Nice. Are you not entertained? All right. Prepare to be fucked by the long dick of the law. <laughs> don't know that one. Don't know I, it? I don't know it, no. Super bad. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. right. You're exhausting all your like weeks no, content. No, these are good. These are these good. Are good. Like keep going. Keep right. Your weeks content. <laughs> uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, Batman. Oh. <laughs> Spider-Man oh <laughs> Nice Alright that's me You talking to me? <laughs> you talking to me? Taxi driver Yes Great Great, <laughs> Great. <laughs> Oh, CJ you typed in famous movie quotes Because that came up for me as well Did it? Yeah <laughs> You can so probably just scroll down and find my ones too <laughs> A census taker once tried to test me I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Is Hannibal, it so- Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter. Such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Fuck, he's scary. Yeah. So good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that us for our quotes? Yes. All right. What have we been up to? What have you been up to, CJ? Um, Sydney. Sydney Tings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last minute I got f- uh, flown into Sydney. They didn't have a drummer. So me and... Um, a, a, a keys player. We went down, and that was dope. Real instrument. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. A real instrument. Piano. Call, call me when you finish playing with your sticks. <laughs> and then bashing, making things, noise, hitting, <laughs> hitting pig skins. <laughs> um, yeah, that was super fun. Um, so exhausted from it, and yeah, that's mainly what I've been up to. Nice. nice. Tom Ross. Uh, it was Easter, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Over Easter, can't remember. Meg had a birthday celebration. Yeah, late birthday that? celebration. Down that was in, in Byron. Hey? Down in Byron somewhere. It was a nice drive. Otherwise, pretty chill. Pretty mm-hmm. chill weekend. Yeah, just tried to take it easy. I'm crash dieting after my comp because I'm a groomsman in a wedding in a couple of weeks. So I'm trying to get a little bit leaner for the. You've gotten. You've lost quite a I lot of. I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, that's because I'm eating like two thousand three hundred calories a day. <laughs> so I'm extremely hungry and extremely grumpy. So uh, if my work quality is terrible, and I snap at everything, now you know why. <laughs> Nikki said it this morning as well. Thomas uh, has lost lo- lots of weight after his comp straight away. Yeah, I was pretty bloated leading into it. I was just eating. I was eating a packet of chips a day. Fuck yeah. Just living the dream. Yeah. Living the dream. Gage, what have you been up to? Literally nothing. Just enjoyed my four-day weekend. Spent lots of time at the beach. Nice. Yeah. Loving training at the moment. Yeah. Nice. Nothing special. Nice, nice, nice. James? Uh, what have I been up to? I uh, played in a basketball tournament over the weekend. Uh, 
as a 31-year-old, tournaments aren't as enjoyable as they were as a kid. Well, just game after game is a bit harsh on yeah, the old body. Yeah, very yeah. harsh. On the old bones. Yeah, my knees and my ankles are sore. Um, yeah, playing basketball three like three games a day as a 31-year-old is uh, hits a little bit different to when you're 14 and in between games. Yeah. You're still running around like an idiot, staying up all night. Yeah. and yeah. How long do you get between each game? Um, well, day one we had... We had three games. Day two, we had two. When did you come watch? Sunday. Day two or three? Oh, yeah. So we lost two. Yeah, we lost the semi final on the Sunday. Um, it was all Filipino comp. There were some actual monsters there, like the biggest Filipinos I've ever seen in my life. There was one Filipino there that was pro in New Zealand, and he played uh, college ball in the Philippines too. So there were some good players. Which when you is say uh, biggest, you mean like tallest? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because surely CJ is the biggest Filipino you've seen in your life. That's <laughs> yeah. Gwain. Yeah, Gwain. Yeah, actually, <laughs> Gwain makes CJ look like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> he dwarfs you, CJ. Um, but yeah, just been doing that. Training, uh, been train, uh, not training. I've been training jujitsu and just playing basketball and that's it. Mm, Nothing nice. exciting. No machetes came out? Nah, nah, there wasn't a... <laughs> Machete. There was uh, almost a little bit, a little bit, uh, I almost yeah. lost my cool once, but... That's right. Kept it together. I yeah. sent James a video of this basketball match. I don't know where it was, but there was a tiff and then some guy whipped out a machete. Mm. <laughs> attacked the guy. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah Did he, I, like actually. Yeah. There's blood everywhere. Yeah. At a basketball game. Where was that at? Canada. It was in Canada. In oh Canada. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fucking nuts. But yeah, that's all I've been up to. Boys will be boys. <laughs> <laughs> Shooters gone shoot, baby. Um, so while I was preparing this podcast, on the the section on the computer where I wrote it down, I accidentally just deleted it before we came up and the computer froze. Awesome. Yeah, so, but the uh, the topic for today was going to be, um, Tombo, this will be applicable for you as well. Yep. Uh, after a powerlifting comp, you know, normally you, you typically you're quite burnt out. You've put you're all into a competition. Uh, you've arguably lifted the most weight you've ever lifted before and leading up to the competition. Uh, where to go to after comp? In general? Are yeah. You, uh, wait, are you saying for me or were you talking about for anyone? Well, it'd be good for you to talk about which direction you're going in, but uh, mainly anybody. Yeah, cool. Like well, give some advice on what to do after comp. I'll, I'll say what I'm doing. I'm eating nothing. <laughs> 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 now I've got, because I've got this wedding coming up and then all of May, I'll be away. We're, we're heading over to Europe for uh, Jordan Hellier's wedding as well. So two weddings. Uh, so tra- training will happen, but it's I can't plan for powerlifting because I don't know where I'll be and what access I'll have to equipment over there. Uh, so for me, it's just going back to like conditioning and bodybuilding sort of stuff. I was doing a lot of that before I did this equip prep and I was really enjoying it. So um, I I would have loved to continue with a with a laser focus on something like the zero pro and just put up like lift as a guest lifter there and put up something huge equipped but i also have a an appointment with a new surgeon in june uh so there's a potential that i get another surgery and won't be able to compete for the rest of this year anyway so i'm just sort of cruising Mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's interesting i mean we were talking about this downstairs just before 
um, I was saying, you know, I like, I like leaning hard into the powerlifting stuff because that's, that's my jam in terms of like talking about powerlifting, supporting powerlifters, giving advice for powerlifters. And it's become quite cool to, to say that, oh, you don't have to squat bench deadlift. Oh, you can get away from powerlifting. Uh, and, and it almost puts a negative spin on keeping the focus on powerlifting. And I think it's important to say that, yeah, absolutely. If there's a time and a place for getting away from it, for adding variations, for not doing squat bench deadlift, go for it for sure. Um, it can be perfectly healthy. In fact, it should be encouraged sometimes. But there's also nothing wrong with just like getting straight back into it. Um, like the, it's interesting looking at like the modern coaching style, which is, <laughs> I think people think is more progressive than it was. I was talking to Stenzel the other day, and I was like, "Bro, I figured it out. Modern coaching is just Shaco, except instead of getting strong and injured, you just get injured." <laughs> <laughs> like it's squat bench deadlift every day hardly any accessories uh and like i'm being facetious people get strong doing what they do these days uh oh no i added the stipulation except with shaco it's fixed numbers with modern coaching you just max out every time uh, but, <laughs> yeah, no 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 i'm i'm mostly being facetious anyway i raise this because you know it is quite popular now to be doing hyper specific training lots of squat bench deadlift limited variation limited accessories and so like i look at it, eli for example competed at states at our states and he squatted like 250 ish 252 yeah north north of 250 and the next day he was back in the gym squatting around 200 like the very next day uh and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that mm. like you don't have to take a break from powerlifting you can get straight back into training and set your sights on the next thing if your body is going to allow you to do that uh so Post comp, like if you're a serious powerlifter, it really comes down to what's next and how far away is that thing. And uh, depending on what's next and how far away it is, there's normally a few directions you take. You either step your foot off the gas and, and focus on some other um, goal that will support you later on. And normally that looks like body composition stuff. Lose a bit of weight, get ready for your weight class so you can eat into the, the next comp. Um, normally that does mean take some stress off the body which means getting away from load so switching back to volume or bodybuilding and that's where variations and getting away from squat bench deadlift does fit in quite nicely if you're going to go down that route but again you don't have to um what do you guys think um i've got a couple of things the first thing i want to uh like you said <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with getting right back into it i'm just going to use uh i like making comparisons to other sports so let's just say after my basketball competition Mm. In the weekend Obviously I'd be feeling A little bit burnt out Tom bro If he was my basketball coach He's not going to go You know what bro Take a break Go play rugby mm. go, go do something different bro You don't need to play basketball We'll get back into it Like would you do that As a basketball coach Nah Nah Yeah Like as powerlifting coaches um, It is good sometimes To encourage people To try new things uh, You know Just to keep training fresh But you shouldn't Really stray too far away From uh, what we're doing Like you chose powerlifting As a sport Because you, you enjoyed it To begin with mm. So it depends how serious you are about it, right? Yeah, and 100%. How, like, for you, to use you as an example, after your basketball tournament, you might just be like, well, I'll do the basketball season next year. Right now, I'm going to focus on jujitsu. Yeah. Or maybe I'm going to run. You know, mm. like, there's nothing wrong with having multiple sports and hobbies. But if you were like, I am 100% focused on being the best basketball player I can be, you're not going to stray too far away from that. Yeah, 100%. It would, it would be silly for you too because you'll just hold yourself back. Mm. I um, at, at this point in my life, I'm a hobbyist. Everything I do is a hobby. Um, so I'm happy to jump in between anything and give everything a crack. But yeah, like Thomas said, if you are serious about powerlifting, it is, uh, it is pretty reasonable and pretty smart to have your eyes set on the next task and start working towards that. But um, 
<clears throat> things that you should address post competition. Uh, obviously, after every prep, there's probably some lessons that you learned as well. Things that you can work on for your next uh, next prep. So I don't know, Tombro. I'm just gonna say, Tombro, you might have had more. Uh, his arms might have been fucking. Actually, this might be the source I've ever seen your arms. <laughs> I complained a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like I've never heard you like. It's just the load. The yeah. load and the straps. It mm. sucks. Like this could be, <laughs> this could be a lesson for Tombra. Maybe next time he won't need to introduce low bar, or maybe do less w- low bar work. Maybe use safety bar a little bit more. Maybe work on his shoulder stability or mobility a little bit more. Um, it could be a time for him to address some of those things. Mm. Um, just like anyone, there's uh, lessons that you're gonna, you know, there's gonna be some. Uh, a good comparison is bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So, like, think about. Think about, let's say we're taking Bridget and putting her on the bodybuilding stage. And let's assume that she was fat now. Mm-hmm. She's not. She's shredded all the time. You just go bodybuilding anyway. Uh, but like, let's assume that Bridget was heavy. She cuts down. When she starts to peak for the show, she's going to see all the imbalances that she needs to work on. They're going to come to fruition as she approaches the end goal. And powerlifting is much the same. You'll be, You'll become far more aware of where you went wrong, where all your weaknesses are, what you need to work on as you come to the peak. If you're inexperienced, the more experience you have, you the more you can sort of foresee this stuff, but you foresee it because of the experience of competing in the past as well. It goes around in a circle like that. But like she'll see, oh, actually my back came in a bit weaker this time. Therefore, when I prep for my next show, I need to make sure that well in advance I start working on building bigger lats and with these exercises, whatever. Uh, however bodybuilders train and it's it's much the same in powerlifting it's like you you're like oh shit or like james you're like my arms are sore or you know you've identified that i was complaining about my arms for me it's like okay well i know as soon as i put the straps up and started really overloading my arms got destroyed so maybe i need more exposure to that or maybe i need to address some underlying weakness and i can do both of those things well in advance and sort of figure out what those issues are to make sure that next time i peak and compete i'm better and I think that's where a lot of powerlifters tend to go wrong post-competition. They just relax. They're like, oh, the thing is done. It's like, no, once the thing is done, now is your best opportunity to start thinking about how you're going to correct for all those mistakes. That doesn't mean you have to go balls to the wall straight after the competition. You can take some time taking it easy, giving your body some rest, resetting mentally, all of that sort of stuff. But in the back of your head, if you're serious about this, it's, where were my weaknesses? Where were my technical breakdowns? What did I do wrong with my body weight, with my eating, with my routine, with my sleep? What do I need to change to make sure that next time I compete, I'm way better than I was this time? Mm. Um, <clears throat> you'll find on the higher end of the scale, like with advanced lifters like yourself, it's more of the little things like that, like you know, with the arm pain, how to manage that. What you'll find with like uh, the intermediate, I think it's a really common trend with the intermediate powerlifters that do take uh, the sport very seriously is the most common uh, problem that they run into is weight, is managing their weight. Mm. You know, they start doing these drastic cuts from four weeks out, three weeks out, they've realised they haven't made weight. Um, so that's a really common thing that uh, intermediate lifters run into is uh, trying to make that weight class. So, that, so that's something that you probably want to address straight away, straight after your comp. Start working on that straight away, like Thomas said before, dieting down and then being able to eat up into your weight class. You could be really blind to it as well. Like if cutting is an option and you take that option. So let's say, you know, CJ has this peak, he hits certain numbers in the peak, he cuts away and he hits the same numbers in training that in the competition. He's like, it was a success. I cut weight, I made weight and I hit the numbers that I hit in training. To me, that's not a success. It means your peak failed because your peak should happen 
around the comp day and that should be your best. It should be better than what you hit in training. And if that's the mindset, oh, it worked, then cutting is always an option. I'll always cut and you never see how good you can be. Mm -hmm. And so people see that as an option, take that option and never realize their potential because they always hold themselves back with poor weight management. I think that's definitely like what you're saying about that's where a lot of intermediates start to trip themselves up big time. Mm. I just want to use an example. Uh, last year at Worlds, did I coach Matt Rodwell at Nationals? I think it was Worlds. I can't Worlds. remember. I think it was Worlds. Oh, so yeah. hitting into, he competed in the 90 class. He ended up getting best overall male lifter and won the 90 kilo class. I crushed it. But mm. um, he weighed 84.5 kilos. Mm. We had the option to cut down to the 82.5 or get rid of one less uh, stressor mm. and just keep eating up into the 90s. And that's the route that we went. Yeah, it was a really light uh, under 90 kilo lifter. Um, but I feel like it was a success, you know, just taking away that. One mm. overall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did pretty well. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, I think that that was a, that's just a good example of what a, yeah, you don't need to always cut cut down to the weight class or like I said, we just took away that extra extra pressure, pressure of cutting down. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And you don't have to limit yourself to one weight class for your entire lifting career either. There's a mm. lot of people that do that. They're obsessed with being in like the under 82s and so they will always try to stay in the under 82s. Mm. They get and so emotionally attached to mm. it. Yeah. I um I can I can relate to this really heavily because when I got into powerlifting, I was around 75 kilos, 74 kilos. Um, and then I started training. So I, I was already idolizing all the under 74, under 75 kilo lifters. And then I came to, uh, Tom bro, your first gym, PTC Gold Coast. And the first novice comp, I weighed in at under 82.5. And I was like a little bit gutted. I was like, fuck, I want to be at under 74. I want to be an under 75. And before you know it, I'm an under 90. And then before you know it, I'm doing, uh, what was it? What was APUs under ninety threes, and I was getting heavier, and I was so emotionally attached to this weight class that it was ruining my uh, progress, my progress, my lifting progress. Because and your experience, yeah, too. it was horrible. Yeah. I was doing stupid weight cuts. Uh, wasn't lifting to the best of my ability because I was so fixated on uh, silly little things like being able to compete in a certain weight class. Mm. Yeah, a lot of lifters shoot themselves in the foot. It's it's really interesting. Like I look at my. Look at my own experience and like I come from a background of being obese, of going through an eating disorder, of re having really bad body image my entire life and it's still, it's still with me, like it still hits me hard uh, and even this comp I just did, I wasn't in the weight class, like weight class didn't matter to me, all that mattered was, was performing well and hitting my total and I still did a silly little cut at the end. And it, it wasn't silly in the sense that I knew what I was doing and, but there was, it was completely unnecessary, mm -hmm. I didn't have to do it. And I actually had to actively try and stop myself to not doing it even harder, to not like properly water loading and properly paying attention to sodium and, and doing an actual cut for nothing. Like all I did was cut some water and eat a bit less the day before the weigh-in. Mm. Uh, but like it just that, just some, some little voice in the back of my head saying, you really want to stand on the scales and have the, your total attached to this body weight? Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, you're not that heavy, and it's stupid. Like that mindset is so stupid because you are that heavy. Mm. Like I was probably the heaviest I've been in my life on comp day. I didn't weigh myself, but I look at the photos. I'm like, whoa, who the fuck is that? And why did he eat Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> like I posted that photo with my mum yesterday. I'm like, oh, someone, someone filled that guy with air. <laughs> but your body composition was really good at this weight. Yeah, better than it has been in the past. I look at old comp photos and I'm like. Because I remember there's been times where you have been a little bit heavier and you definitely didn't look like like 
as jacked as you are you are now. Yeah. Mm. And that was just last year or yeah, last year I spent most of it just doing bodybuilding stuff. Mm. Yeah. What's the lightest you got down to last year? 106? 104? Was that last year? No, yeah. that was the year before. That was the year before. Oh wow, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was 2021 I lost. I went down from like 120 and quite fat to like 104. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's wow. Mm. Um Yeah. Fuck, sorry. No, no, no. So, yeah, uh, post-comp, there's so many routes that you can take. I think the main thing is if if you're genuinely committed to being a better powerlifter, powerlifting has to be the priority. You you have to keep it in the back of your mind. And so with straying away from squat bench deadlift, again, absolutely necessary from time to time, good to mentally reset, not completely necessary to do those three lifts in certain phases of training. However those phases of training should be limited far and few between. And uh, if you do do that, it should be on your mind to get back to them pretty quickly. If you're not that serious about powerlifting, yeah, sure. Take a break, do whatever you want. Um, but just know that if you stray far away from lifting in general, your route back into being stronger than before is going to be a little bit slower, a little bit longer. Yeah. It's just one of those things you're going to have to accept if that's the, that's the route you can uh, choose to take. Mm. Um, yeah, we've got our novice comp coming up when this this, this Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> it's always interesting. Crazy. It's always interesting paying attention to novices and the things that they say. Like we're so exposed to powerlifting done right. It's really interesting watching powerlifting done wrong. Mm. <laughs> watching novices come in and you know maybe coming into the gym the day before or a couple of days before to check it out and. You know, oh, I want to try a deadlift bar and they like max out or do like <laughs> ten, 10 sets of 10. I really want to get the hang of it. Yeah, it's it's so interesting when we talk about like the minutia of being really good to seeing how people can do like the absolute worst thing possible and still do all right. <laughs> I'm lucky that my first exposure to powerlifting was at this gym. Mm, I'm very same. grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was, um. so my first exposure to powerlifting was, uh, I've, I've told the story before, but Tombo came into my work. And I already followed Thomas on Instagram. And um, so I went up to him, introduced myself. And he's like, yeah, come train at my gym. And I was like, I'm in a moon boot. He goes, come train anywhere. So I came and trained, walked into the gym. I was like, this is fucking, this is sick. So I signed up for the novice comp that weekend. <laughs> so it was that weekend. Then I said to Thomas, oh, I can help out too. <laughs> so I ended up doing the mono. Can you remember me doing the mono? And I didn't know how to do it. So I was fucking shitting myself. <laughs> I don't actually remember that. Oh, so I was doing the gate on the That's mono. definitely oh. a throwback if we were using the the mono for a novice comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were I, using well, I wouldn't have had a combo then. Nah, and we used um we didn't even use the dominator bench, we used the other one. The tall one. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, the Swedish one. Yeah. yeah. That's right. When mm. did you get the first combo rack? That was the only one here when I started. Well, it was shortly after shortly I sent it after, to you, didn't I? Yeah. James sent it to me on Instagram the yeah, other day. Yeah, true. It would have yeah. been like a few months after James signed up. That's cool. It came up in my memories. Yeah. And what, that's what, uh, I know actually. What month did you sign up? I can't remember. I bought it in March. Yeah. So I think you signed up towards the end of whatever year you signed up. And then following March is when I bought it. Yeah. Because I was at Pro Raw and I saw a, a post come up on Facebook of this guy that had bought all this Alico never opened it and then was selling it. He was going to open a second gym and then he decided not to. So he put it up for sale and I saw it and I'm like, the fuck? And so I, I jumped on it and we got a bunch 
I think uh, maybe we didn't get that much. Maybe I just bought the the combo and another bar. I can't Alico remember. bar. Yeah. yeah. But I, don't you think it's crazy that back then, like, I took a photo of the Alico. That's how pumped I was about it. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, we've got an Alico combo <laughs> rack. Yeah. It, it's one of those things. Like, you have moments, well, for me, you know, owning the place, I have moments where I walk in and, like, like for the last month, I walk in and I see that Zero Mono. I'm like, that's so cool. Like, there's, there's just new things. And then we get a whole bunch of stuff at the end of this month. So we get all of our plates replaced, brand new Yay. plates, all of our calibrated plates are getting replaced. Um, we get some more machines. So I bought a new hack squat. I bought a new hip thrust. Really? Yeah. Ages ago, you asked for plyo boxes, like plyo pads. Mm. Oh, we got more. I got some of them. How good? I think. I can't actually remember. <laughs> we do these orders and then they take so long to be fulfilled. I forget, forget, I forget what's got. coming. Yeah, is the hip thrust? Is it like the one at Southside? Is it that one? Where it's a bar? Yeah, where it goes. Across. No, it's, belt. it's um, uh, similar to the Nautilus one. So that's Ooh. that's a really bad similar to Nautilus one. Yeah. This one's a, a bit closer. I think it should yeah. be. It should be better. Yeah, nice. I, I hope. <laughs> I hope the Southside one is cool. It's so yeah. cool. Southside one's really nice. Yeah. Actually, ironically, you know, all the zeros are known for having you know, full of Alico stuff and all that. We've never had a brand new Alico plate in here, with the exception of four 15 kilo plates. Really? Really? Yeah, we've never had a brand new Alico plate in this gym. Wow. All, all of my plates, in fact, all of my plates full stop have been second hand except for the original steel ones. And the very first set of Ivanko that I got in 2013, which yeah, wow. which was six, six plates, six reds, and then two of everything else. Otherwise, everything else has been secondhand. Man, you're really leaning into the Alico uh, elitist uh, thing here, Tom, bro. <laughs> well, we find you're, you're turning into the the person we used to laugh at in here. I know. <laughs> we, I know. We we finally got um, we finally got zero plates. So. Uh, Maybe in the future, zero gyms will have zero plates. I don't know. That's sick. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who's ever actually had to buy something Alico knows how painful it is. Extremely painful. Yeah. <laughs> so now we don't have to, because one thing I love is watching people walk halfway across the room to get Alico plates. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. But the frustration is, is then they put it on a different tree. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. like people are yes. like, wow, why are, you getting, why are you getting new plates? You know, you, you got, you know, oh, you got to treat the members, look after it. No, I'm just sick of the plates getting mixed <laughs> up. <laughs> you know, the other really frustrating thing is brands have changed their colors over the years. Yeah. Mm. So, so they're like, all different colors. Yeah. Like some of the blues are next to the other mm. blues and they're different color blues. Oh. <laughs> when I first started yeah. working here, I used to spend so much time moving all the plates around and putting them back where they were supposed to go. And now it just seems like a waste of uh, time. See, this is the thing. You, you guys have become gym owners. <laughs> this is it. It's like people would be like, you know, they make a mess of chalk or whatever. And you'd like be so anal about, don't do that. Put no, this I'm here, still put this that there. Way. And then you know, the next day it's back to where it was. Like if I do nothing, it just... Kind of just <laughs> stays the same anyway, so I'm just gonna focus on more important things right now. I feel like the members have been really good lately, though. They've been I keeping the gym really clean. Did you clean yeah. it on Monday by any chance? While you're here, no. I just added. I put some paper towels in there. I couldn't believe how clean the gym was on Tuesday. Yeah. Mm. So shout out to Ground Zero. Yeah. You guys are awesome. It was probably Evan Pennell. Probably. <laughs> there are some members here that pick up yeah. after other people. Yes, even on yeah. payroll. Evan, he's one of the cleaners. Evan does more work than any of the zero staff, including <laughs> me. Does, does more for the gym without. Sometimes <laughs> you check the cameras and you're like, why is Evan rearranging the entire gym? 
putting it back together. Thank you, Evan. Yeah, this, he's uh, got he's got actually got quite a big cleaning staff. Uh, Sue Fitzsimmons is yeah. one of his uh, employees. <laughs> <laughs> She's always picking stuff up. Scotty Too Hotty and Heather. Scotty Too and Heather. Paris. Yeah. Paris does it too. On They're a Sunday. Yeah. They all come in on a Sunday. Oh, hey, James, the gym was a fucking mess. I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Thanks for cleaning it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is I do it at every zero except for this one. <laughs> Like I walk into Southside and put all the bands away and move the plates around on the machines. I walk in here, I'm like, nah, it's home. It's my mess. <laughs> well, that's good though, because they don't get to see you often. So they'll be like, fuck, look at the boss. Fucking, he's in the trenches with us. <laughs> of of all the zeros, like the, the culture of leaving stuff in the wrong place, Southside is by far the worst. And I'm blaming Daniel because Daniel's by far the worst at doing it in general. Because he's very, he's like me. He's like, I'll do this. I'm going to move on to that exercise and between rests, I'll go do that. And then between rests, someone will talk to him or he'll answer an APL email, do something. And then it just kind of gets forgotten. <laughs> Brisbane's the cleanest because the staff there just put everything away straight away or the, the members are pretty good. And Brisbane also has the most signs. Oh yeah. Oh really? You, you can't do anything without a sign in Brisbane. <laughs> can't open the fridge. There's a sign on the fridge. You every, everything has a sign. So that's that's Jamie and Lisa shining through there. Well, well Jamie said Jamie said people are a little bit scared of Lisa. Like she's the boss. I'm scared of Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> like she pulls people up straight away, and I'm yeah. like, I love that. Yeah, she's straight down the line. I do that too, and people just laugh at me. Oh fuck up, Henny. Kansas is <laughs> meticulously clean because uh, Wes is a clean freak. What about Mackay? Mackay is, I I don't know. I like every time I'm at Mackay, it seems to be for a comp. Mm -hmm. So it's being cleaned like before or after comp, and it's always like spotless in there. In so, all their videos, that it always looks spotless. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're pretty anal about cleaning yeah. up there as well. Yeah. I mean, we all kind of are, except outside. <laughs> uh, um, I actually wanted to. Uh, See what you got your guys' uh, thoughts on this. A little bit of uh, news in the powerlifting industry that uh, rocked powerlifting a little bit last week. Oh, the trans? Yeah. Avi? Mm. Oh, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that. So, Avi, who is the head coach of uh, powerlifting Canada, Canada? Or he was. Yeah, right? in the IPF. Yeah, for like 10 years or something. Yeah, and he recently just entered a competition as, and he identified as, sorry if I butcher some of these... Um, pronouns or sorry I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive or anything but he identified as a woman mm -hmm. and then set all the records yeah so the the i can't remember the exact story but it's around i'm sure anyone listening to this who's into powerlifting will have been exposed to it or you can find it easy enough but cpu so canadian powerlifting union or whatever it is over there um it, which is an ipf affiliate there uh they they don't check if you identify as male or female, they don't actually check anything. Like you don't have to prove uh, that you're transgender. There's there's nothing around that. So he just identified as a woman and destroyed the record. Um, what do you think? Was he doing it, he was doing to, it make to make some kind of point or what? Yeah. Yeah, he was making a statement because a lot of female lifters were upset because I think a, a trans woman had broken a record uh, by identifying as a a female and competing in the female division. And so a lot of the female lifters were upset at that. And so to prove a point, he did it and broke that record even mm. further uh, to sort of, I guess, make a statement that he believes that it's not fair. 
mm. something. I, I mean, I'm putting words in their mouths. I don't actually mm. know. I didn't look that deep into it. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to. I'm I'm not trying to be insensitive at all. But I think it's very unfair. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Yeah, and like it, it just gets a. Uh, it gets uh, It can get uglier across sports. Mm. Uh, imagine if it starts happening in combat sports. Mm. Well, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Imagine if we, uh, like, where do we draw the line? Ah, uh, I don't want to say that because it sounds insensitive. It's a but very like, touchy subject. Because mm, I, I empathise with, uh, I, I empathise with people who are trans because obviously their life is already very difficult for them, and all they're trying to do is compete in a sport mm-hmm. that they love. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got we've got trans lifters in zero, mm. mm-hmm. uh, and y- yeah, I mean, um, I think it's definitely more difficult or more eyes are on it in one way than the other. You know, um, females who transition to male and then compete as as males uh, don't really cop any flack for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it tends to be the males that are transitioning to females, and then on top of that, breaking records. And th- this is the interesting thing because, like, you don't see it happening with people who aren't breaking records. Mm. No one's complaining about someone that's coming fifth place. It's only when people are winning, and there seems to be a high percentage of that happening. Uh, but it is it is a touchy subject, and um, yeah, maybe one day we'll get someone who's more uh, more aware of all the ins and outs of it. Uh, like I know, w- even though APL isn't affiliated with IPL anymore, IPL only offered male male female divisions, and there were no TUEs, so you couldn't be taking hormone replacement therapy and compete in the tested division. You'd have to go in the untested division, and that kind of does level the playing field because there are you know females competing in the untested division that are using hormones, and so it it, it adds in at least some element of leveling of the playing field. Uh, but I, I think it's you know unless you're an expert in the area, it's really just opinion, mm. and uh, you know expert opinion versus like standard opinion is where all of these discussions are ending up. It's like the court of public opinion versus expert opinion. And yeah. It sucks know. though, because uh, despite the expert opinion, you're always going to get flamed in the court of public opinion. Oh, absolutely. Like even if you're, you could be right. Yeah. Like you can be as right as you fucking, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm. Um, But yeah, I, th- I think it, yeah. Like I get the point he was trying to make, but now he's, uh, he's added to it, but he's also, to an extent, he's, he might have ruined it for even more uh, ladies trying to compete and break those records. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if the if the method he chose to use to make the statement was the best method to use. And I only say that because, like, you know, to, to some degree I, I understand what he was trying to achieve. But now I've seen other people trying to do it and absolutely, like, like you're being extra careful to be sensitive. I've seen other people trying to do it or making statements on it that are completely insensitive to the topic. That's what I was going to say is that open the floodgates now to people that just want to come in and, and break records just for the sake of breaking records, not to make a statement. Yeah. So not even that. Just like, I don't think they care about the records because mm. it would be a joke if, mm. you know, like if I competed in uh, a female division, I'd be in the 110 plus and I go on bench 200. No one's going to touch that. Yeah. Besides her, I was about to say ah. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> probably, she probably does out bench me yeah. at this stage. <laughs> phenomenal, <laughs> fucking phenomenal venture. But you know, if, if Coops did it, you know, no one's going to touch mm. that. Mm. Uh, and then it just becomes a mockery and a joke, and it mm. just it just be- it it literally makes the sport look stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm. It makes everyone look stupid. What do you think, CJ? 
Yeah, have you seen that thing pop up? With yeah, the, with Avi doing the. Yeah, oh, I've seen it pop up. I didn't realize he was making a statement. Hmm. Um, and again, I'm 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 not that well averse on what actually happened, so I'm putting words in his mouth potentially, but I believe that's what what it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's a <laughs> that's a very tough one to address because now, yeah, that does kind of open the floodgates. But should I don't know, like. Is that some, how do you address it now? Like, do you nullify his records? Like, can you now, now that you've opened the door to allow um, people that identify, you know, that that can claim what they identify as and then just compete and break records? Can you even come back from this now? Mm. Um, Well, that's the thing, right? If, If they nullify his record, which... Would make sense in my opinion. It's just like, okay, man, you you literally did this as a publicity stunt or as a as a statement that shouldn't count because. Mm. You, but then the whole point would be, well, then do you then have to nullify the person's record that is going through that transition process, identified as a woman, and broke broke a record? Yeah. You know, do you mm. nullify their record and then you end up where you started? Yeah, and you can't really police that because. Mm-hmm. He could easily play that card of like, oh, who are you to tell me? Exactly. You know, so yeah, now it's now it's really sticky. Like mm. you can't really Well, in Australia, I'm not too sure if other feds do it, but John Sheridan from uh Burley in is it in Canberra? Yeah, yeah. He runs MX Division at, yeah. at his um novice comps. So he was the first person in Australia to run MX Division? In powerlifting, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah. So for the listeners, MX Division is for what what is the category exactly? Non binary. Non binary. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Non binary, transgender, yeah. Well, uh, I'm hoping we can see more of that in powerlifting yeah. mm. in the future. Well, did you see what happened in the USAPL? No. Nah. USAPL? I think so. USAPL well, um before they had exited the IPF had introduced a an MX division um and uh a I think a trans woman sued them for uninclusiveness or something like that uh, even though there was the the mx division there uh, for discrimination or i can't remember what it was and she won wow she, she won just recently again i i can't speak on it because honestly I, I don't look too deep into these sort of things like if you watch every single piece of news in the powerlifting world or in the world in general Mm. So I, f- I feel like I'm almost being ignorant by saying that, but the reality is I don't know enough about it to talk about it, but you can easily go and find that story. Um, can probably look it up right now. CJ. <laughs> look it up. Jamie, no. bring that up. Jamie, bring that up. I, don't I was more making that as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> don't actually expect to bring it up. <laughs> well, I've got it right here, actually. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but uh, like uh, as long as the world continues to to have these conversations, like as long as these uh, conversations grow louder and louder, we are going to see it impact us in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, th- th- for example, and the, the, the particular person, I don't want to name them, you know, just for, for privacy's sake. Uh, they are zero through and through. They absolutely love zero. They've been with zero since, since day one of the particular gym that they train at opening. Um, but they, they called me out and not called me out in a, uh, in any form of attacking way or in any form of like you need to get educated on this but in our fan, in our foundation membership form for the um, for the gym they joined it asked gender and it had male and female and they wrote in the comments I'm neither 
or I'm transgender. I, I can't remember exactly what they, they pointed out, but they, they pointed out that there was no box for them to tick essentially. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like shit. And I got on the phone and I had a really cool conversation with this person. And again, they're zero through and through. They, they love it to death. Uh, but it's, it's just something that us as leaders, us as business owners, as coaches are going to have to be more aware of as, as things move in this direction. Um, how we account for it in sport. I mean, that's up to the individual sporting organizations. I have my own thoughts and opinions, ones that I'm not particularly comfortable sharing right now, Mm -hmm. uh, just because like it's such a sensitive topic. Mm. Um, And uh, I don't think it's necessary for everyone to know everyone's thoughts and opinions. If if anyone ever wants to talk to me about it, hit me up. I'm Mm. happy to chat about it. Uh, But I don't necessarily feel comfortable putting out there in an open forum. And I think that's important to say. Uh, because how someone then interprets that and then projects that onto you as a, as a person uh, is so, so powerful. And like mm. me even saying that is going to make people assume what my thoughts and opinions are. Yeah. And they might yeah. be total opposite of what you're thinking yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Cause like, it's like, if you say your thoughts and opinions, the question is who do you offend? Mm. Yeah, Cause you either offend the people that, Uh, are on one side or the other and no one hearing this knows which side i'm on or which side i lean or whatever Uh, but them just hearing that opens the door to like something he might say might offend me Mm -hmm. and what i think doesn't mean shit as to what zero thinks because me and zero are two different things which is crazy yeah look all i want to see is obviously i want powerlifting for everybody i just want to see everybody compete in powerlifting uh, no matter what race, gender, whatever you uh, identify, identify as. as, I want to uh, hopefully be able to figure out a way that we can police it to make it as even playing f- uh, field for everyone, make it as fair as possible for everyone, and uh, just so everyone can be a part of it. Mm. That would be ideal, but like like we've spoken about, it's uh, getting... Th- this is fucking powerlifting. Imagine it in something that matters. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. imagine dealing this with a, like a, a policy level or mm. a, a huge organizational level. Yeah. Mm. Could you imagine uh, CJ? Could you imagine Israel Adesanya <laughs> identifying as a woman? Like you'd you'd almost feel sick uh, if he walked into the ring with a with another woman. Mm. Who's that? Uh, MMA fighter, UFC fighter from New Zealand. Stylebender. Yeah, yeah. Stylebender. Why don't you just say his name? <laughs> I have to speak another language. <laughs> yeah, my bad. That's his birth name, Stylebender. <laughs> did you watch his, his speech after? Yeah. I like that. So did I. Yeah. I'm normally not into that sort of stuff. I, my favorite part was, so did you see how he fell on the ground? Because oh, of the kid? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Are you with that? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Bridget empathizes. Bridget's too much of a nice person. She's like, that poor kid. Yeah. He said he yeah. was crying. Yeah, fuck them kids. <laughs> hey, learn a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Pajeda, if your son's listening to this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's just oh, a kid. Another being one influ- protecting the children. Yeah. Yeah. Not protecting the children. <laughs> He's mocking a kid who, you know, it's like. Who's just are, there are to you, cheer on his dad. Are you really going to pretend that his dad didn't just whoop you three times? Like, <laughs> shut up. Don't nah, nah. Yeah, nah, I'm with Tom, bro. Nah, Fuck nah, that kid. Nah. <laughs> it's a good lesson, though. You think, no, no, like, you no, think that, Leonidas would have sympathy? No, no, no. I, I, don't yeah. have, I don't have the issue with, like, that. But I'm like, how big of a man do you think you are? Like, you won once. Like, being one of four. Like, that's what I'm like. Are you really celebrating that hard when you've been warped three times by that guy? 
But that's like, like oh, th- nah. But bro, you're overcoming adversity. Like, sure. Like, he, he, well, well, you got to celebrate. If he was going to lose, like, okay, because that's what people were arguing about this fight. They're like, oh, you know, if he wins, I'm like, well, if you keep fighting the same guy, surely maybe one out of ten. Hmm. So you're telling me if so uh, wait, 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 we're getting away because I don't know any of this context. <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> I just think if the kid's going to be a little shit, he's yeah. got to get what's oh, coming nah, to him. That, that's yeah. totally fine. Right, let's can, speak, let's put it a different way. So Will Crozier. Mm. Beats Australian uh, Sebastian Orab every single year. Mm. Sebastian Orab, let's say 2024, Sebastian Orab beats Will Crozier. Not every year, but Sebastian's beat him before. Oh, Sebastian's beat him before? I think, yeah, pro raw eight. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Throwback. Um, so let's just say Will's beat Sebastian three years in a row. Mm. The fourth year, Sebastian upsets, uh, has an upset win. Mm. Do you think he's going to celebrate? Does he deserve to celebrate hard? I think he does. Okay. Do you know what I mean? No, but sure. So you're telling me you you wouldn't celebrate? I wouldn't. I'd celebrate the win. I wouldn't rub it in. I'd be like. But I don't think he's, I don't think he was yeah, rubbing but you're, fo- you're following in the footsteps of Jesus. You're humble. No, but. <laughs> you got to empathize with I'm not the people humble. that aren't humble. I'm not humble. I've been humble. Like if I'm in that, like that situation, I've been humbled three times by this guy. Mm. Like he's humbled me. No, but he was respectful. It was, it was just a, sh- it's showmanship. I think it was more showmanship than anything. Like you saw them out the back. They're like talking and they're homies and that. Like mm. yeah. when Tom Hardy wins. At competition, and he puts his arms up. Fuck yeah! I don't think he's having a dig at his com- at people he's competing against. He's celebrating himself as well. Yeah. Have, you, have you not seen his "I'm number one" tra- uh, tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm number one. Does he have that? No, oh. no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I don't Tom. think Tom, Tom Hardy Tom doesn't Hardy. have an arrogant bone in his body. He doesn't no, at he all. Doesn't. He's too he doesn't. humble. He's too humble. He yeah, is. he actually is. He's such a nice mm-hmm. guy. I love when mm. people see him lift for the first time. Like they see him in the gym, just walking. Hey, bro, how are you? <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck? And that guy's so keeps, strong." Keeps laughing. Keeps, oh, <laughs> Very nice guy. guy. Um, Wait, I want to hear you two keep going at it. Yeah, because I reckon. So here's my take. <laughs> I reckon CJ agrees with you, but he's too. He doesn't want to admit. Like I reckon he, he he heard the powerlifting analogy and he's like I can't be that. <laughs> I don't know. Like because no. if Sebastian Arab celebrates that, I th- none of us are gonna go. Oh, you lost three years in a row. Like you shouldn't be celebrating as hard. We'd be like fuck no. yeah. Like he finally fucking did it. Yeah, he like, overcame okay. adversity. If it's just celebrating the win and being happy for yourself, mm. sure. Mm. But if he's gonna then laugh at Will Crozier's son and tease him for it, I'm like. Oh, I don't know if you can really attack him personally because that I, kid's dad whooped you three times. No, <laughs> like, but I don't think. I, don't know, I think I think as well that you're looking into it a little too deep. I think it was more so like because you know Izzy's known for being petty, so he's leaning yeah. into that a little. Well, bit Well, that's more. what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. if you're petty, that that's mm. what it's like. Don't be petty, but, but you can celebrate a win. But Izzy, because Izzy and his son, they were cool. Like, so he did it. Like, let's say if you gave me shit or something, and I do something to you, you're like, "Fuck, that's that's you know." I think it's cool. Okay. I remember mm. there was, this, there was this <laughs> you know, you know, that's when they don't want to talk about it anymore, right? I, I was sort of like, well, sh- okay. Well, I mean, there's no, yeah, it's not going. That, that's the middle ground. I remember yeah. th- there's this guy in the one twenty fives that used to like be a podium, normally top of the podium at most one twenty five comps mm-hmm. in Australia. Uh, and then when I started coaching people, I, I started coaching more and more people, and I got some really good one twenty five lifters. And the first comp, one of my lifters beat him. We beat him by 2.5 kilos. And uh, he's like, 
Yeah, he was talking. I remember distinctly him talking shit both in person and online about the fact that we only beat him by two point five kilos. And I remember thinking, oh, it must be hard being a loser. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who cares if we beat you by five hundred kilos or two point mm. five kilos? Still beat you. We got the trophy. Mm. We got the money. Yeah, you didn't get anything. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. same thing. I remember doing it to someone else and beating them on body weight, mm. and they're like, "Yeah, but." It was a win on body weight. I'm like, oh, cool. What does the rule book say? We did that. We win. <laughs> yeah. You lose. Oh, isn't that weird? Yeah. But we can wrap things up with a few <laughs> would you rather's. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. So like, do, should we, do we really want to let's go? Yeah. Go, 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 go. All right. Ooh. First one's fucked up. Of course. Ooh. Bring it on. Come on. Of course. All right. To bring back a deceased loved one. Buddy. You have to make out with one of your siblings. Oh, easy. Yeah, done. And it goes live <coughs> on Facebook and Instagram. And you're never allowed to say why you did I it. You chucked oh, that in there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. So, Bridget, could you imagine you hooking up with Dylan? Uh. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say no because when our loved ones go, it was their time to go. And uh, they probably don't want to come back. Yeah. Like, it's completely selfish for us to bring them back. Yeah. Fair enough. And I don't want to make out with Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's a funny bloke, too. <laughs> uh, that's fair enough. What about you? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I'll fucking make out with Jeffrey. Done. He looks like me. Who are you bringing back? Oh, I'd love to. I've never met my, uh, my uh, Lolo, so my Filipino uh, granddad. But he was really loose. Like, he was a fucking alcoholic. Uh, it's such a risk. What if you don't like him? <laughs> well, everybody just told me the loosest stories about him. So I just want to meet him. You're probably going to like him. Yeah, yeah and um, <laughs> like my mum always tells me he just he wore a white singlet all the time. And he, he trained, so he's a little bit buff. And he thought he, like, he was short and stocky. And when I went to the Philippines for the first time when I was younger, everyone called me umboy. So everyone's like, he's, he's umboy. That's... That's uh, so I'm like, fuck, I want to meet him. So I'd bring him back, but he'd probably just whoop my ass and be a piece of shit like he was to my family. So, uh, <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, my whole family probably gutted his back. <laughs> oh, no. CJ, uh, CJ, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> gutted his back, and for some reason, there's a viral video of you making out with your brother. Now. <laughs> you can't tell him why. <laughs> oh, why is your cousin doing this? Uh, the, the other thing is, uh, <laughs> right, here's here's what you got to think about too. If you bring them back. Do they come back as a baby? Do they? Do you get to choose what age they come back? Do they come back in the way that they died and then just die the oh. next day? It's like, oh, I'm back. Oh, I got cancer. See ya. Yeah, fuck. Mm. I don't know. Imagine that I bring back my Lolo and he comes back drunk, fucking angry. I'm like, fuck. Because if you bring them back as <laughs> a baby, <laughs> if you bring them back as a baby, you're not even going to get to know them in for 30, 40 years. That's true. Mm. That's very true. Oh. Move it. Am I? Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's just a bit loose. All right. I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably the same as Thomas. I probably wouldn't. I, th I think it was her time. Well, the only person that I'm thinking of that I would bring back would be my grandma, but it it was her time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I don't really have a, a sibling to make out with. 
So I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she's back tomorrow. <laughs> back tomorrow we see CJ's grandma walk in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but CJ doesn't have a job anymore. Doesn't know why. <laughs> we don't know why. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to bring up another would you rather. <laughs> would you rather. Uh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Thomas, have you got a would you rather? No. <laughs> oh, did you forget them? My no, I fucking deleted them before oh, by mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyone? No, I'm nah. just nah. laughing at the last <laughs> we'll I, leave th- it at- I think that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wrap it up, Gidge. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See you. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.